What's up, my people? This is your man, El Jama, and you are officially tuned in to Never Out of Bounds. I've been going through some things for the past week or so, uh, but as they all say, the show must go on. I'm here today. I got a, a, a show chock full of some information today. I'm going to get right into the uh, the world on the street. Pretty, bu- uh, pretty busy world going on as of today. And then I'm also going to get into the first game of the NFL season. going to talk a little bit about that. And then uh, we're going to talk a little bit of baseball as well. The season is coming to an end. We're going to talk about these playoffs. So let's get right into it with this world on the street. And confirmation hearings for the Supreme Court nominee, Brett Cavanaugh are pretty much wrapping up today and in case you don't know and you probably should know at this point we all know though that the democrats disapprove the republicans are pretty much down with him Uh, he's pretty much on the conservative mindset of thinking pretty much and he's pretty much uh supported all that pretty much while he's been involved with you know with politics he uh when he's elected he will be the 114th supreme court justice he's currently on uh currently working for the dc court of appeals and senators conducted opening statements on wednesday and pretty much questioned him all that morning now a committee vote will be held september 20th of this year of course now it's a pretty much a foregone conclusion that he will be the next justice this is all just these are all just formalities they're just going over his track record. They're pretty much, you know, interviewing him and just asking him, you know, certain questions about, of course, probably the judicial branches, things like that. So you guys be aware of that, because, again, like I said, he's a he is a conservative. He more than likely will be on the side of the Republicans throughout his tenure. And this is a lifetime, you know, this is a lifetime role here. So uh, just be aware of that. And I'm just letting you guys know this is this is uh, definitely out there. And uh, what Republicans, uh, I'm sorry, what Democrats are saying about this guy, at least in terms of how the uh, the Republicans are handling him, is that they are not making a lot of information available to the public. There are about 200 pages worth of career documents that are missing that Republicans are not trying to share, and about a hundred thousand of those pages are being uh, held by the Trump administration itself now of course there's no way to you know 100% prove that this is true but just so you know that that there's definitely some controversy behind this guy so uh, whatever research you don't know now I I do it as we speak because like I said by September 20th it will be be pretty much set in stone he will be the guy now in some other uh, political news Ayanna Presley uh, a house representative well a potential House res- representative uh, basically beat out 10 term uh, House representative incumbent Michael Capuano in the Democratic Massachusetts primary. And since this is one of the the most liberal states and not only one of the more liberal cities being Boston, pretty much these are districts that they were representing. Uh, they will pretty much have no Republican challenger this year, uh, and they never really do. So uh, with this being said, Ayanna Presley has become the first African woman, African-American woman, excuse me, to uh, represent Massachusetts on the state legislature. So look out for that as well. Now, Capuano decided to concede with only 13 percent of the votes being ca- counted. And uh, this was pretty much because Ayanna uh, 
uh, pretty much had a wide margin. Uh, she definitely dominated. Like I said, uh, well, this is in the Boston, this is in the Boston area. So she definitely dominated in the black, in the black areas of Roxbury and Jamaica, uh, Jamaica Plains, but also she had a, uh, presence throughout the city in general with just the population of students. And like I said, this is a liberal city as well. So, uh, one of the quotes that I saw that were very interesting, uh, was from a student of the area. He said it was about time that they did something, uh, well, they elected, you know, somebody to a pub high public office that wasn't a white male. So I really thought that, uh, that quote was significant because it just, it just shows to you the, you know, you know, the mindset is changing and where the people are hopefully trying to shift. Now, she also served as part of Boston City Council, being one of the first African-American women to do that as well. Now, she reformed the city liquor licenses and updated policies for teen parents in the Boston public schools. She also developed a committee that helped women and girls. So she's definitely been involved in her community since day one. All aspects all, looks like all pretty much levels of the community as well economically and definitely was somebody who you know she definitely was a black woman and represented the black community and that's who she tends to represent in Washington again it's an example of more of an example of what people need to be doing in the uh, example of Ocasio uh, Alexandria Ocasio from New York another uh, upset winner of the Democratic Party she also uh, was a she's also a representative of her community which is strong Latino and strongly immigrant. So this is how we're going to have to challenge it. We're going to have to really send our delegates, our representatives to go in there and battle for us in Washington. And if not, then there's no sense of complaining. But I definitely like a sign of I definitely see this as a, a definitely a sign of, of things to come. A lot of these elections have been won by women this year. And not only are these political parties changing, they are also becoming more diverse, diverse than ever before. So I have to, you know, give props to Miss Presley for pulling that off. Now, uh, one more one more major story we have here is uh, there was a tropical school, a tropical storm that hit the south. And I wanted to give a shout out to my partners out there. Hopefully everybody is safe out there. Tropical storm Gordon hit the Alabama Mississippi border uh, about Wednesday. And it did not become a hurricane despite earlier warnings. It passed over the Florida Keys around Monday and it was said to at least become a category one. But by the landfall, winds were at 50 miles an hour, which is about 20 miles less than the hurricane threshold. So they just missed out, but it was still dangerous enough to kill a young boy. A tree fell on his trailer park and unfortunately uh, he passed away. Now there were also tornado warnings on uh, the Mississippi and Alabama coastlines and along the Florida Panhandle, which is right along northern Florida, right there. Uh, and it pretty much borders all those states as well. Uh, 48 inches of rain fell down there and it was also and it could have got up to 12 inches and there was a risk of flash flooding as well. Now, Alabama and Florida did issue states of emergency, especially for the, uh, the areas with higher chances of flooding. But again, this wasn't supposed to be a major uh, cataclysmic event, but more so they, they wanted to do that just to keep people on in the know and on edge and just prepare to move because and when it already gets started like this especially when they say it starts early like this in terms of uh tropical storms or hurricanes in general they usually said that the season in general will be pretty long and pretty intense so the next one although this one wasn't as bad the next one could be pretty worse in Belize, mississippi the harbor and the marina were shut down and evacuated 
So uh, everything should have pro- is going to probably clear up between today and hopefully over the weekend. And like I said, it wasn't a major uh, hurricane, more so on the lines of just a strong tropical storm, although there was one life lost. So ho- uh, just big up to all the people out there, big prayers. And I hope, you know, there wasn't too much damage being caused. Now, two more little tidbits we got here. Uh, we're going to talk about Elon Musk and his and his company that he's a part of Tesla. Now, Elon Musk, as you may not know, in case uh, if you don't know, he was recently on Joe Rogan's podcast, drinking whiskey and smoking weed. And uh, people had a, you know, had a nightmare. They had a breakdown. And apparently shares of his company, Tesla, of course, they dropped nine percent today as a result. Now, many uh, executive officers have also chosen to resign, such as uh, the chief uh, account officer Dave Morton and also the HR t- uh, chief Gabby uh, Toledere. So this is very interesting. Again, I, you know, we, you know, my generation has their little feelings about weed and obviously it's not, you know, you know, it's not, doesn't match everybody else's opinion uh, because the stock uh, today stocks opened up at uh, 260 bucks and they dropped 7% after the first hour. Now, recently, uh, Musk had tweeted to take the company private, raising the price of the personal stock up to, up to about 400 bucks. So I, you know, again, you know, definitely he's out there in the, in the news on a whole bunch of random stuff. I think he was also talking about Trump in one of his recent tweets or somebody uh, evolved in, uh, involved in politics recently and being really critical of them. So he's just been all over the place. And overall, his company has lost 20 percent of value since August 7th. So I don't know. I don't uh, Maybe it's time to look for another job if you're working for them, because if they continue to drop like that, mm. Stocks are important. Trust me. All that, all that makes him, all that is important. Speaking of which, now, speaking of Trump, at least, now he's still beefing with China and don't think for a second that tariff war is over. Trump has already threatened uh, China with $260 billion worth of tariffs. This is already on top of the $500 billion uh, worth, or sorry, the the $53 billion uh, worth of um, taxes on Chinese goods. And he's going to have 200 more coming soon, uh, even before these $260 billion tariffs take effect. Now, this would affect uh, pretty much all the commercial goods that are brought in from China and of all of all the stuff that we buy, including cell phones. Now, China has also responded with its own $53 billion uh, tax on U.S. exports as well. So it's not going to get prettier, y'all. It's going to get ugly. So y'all watch out and um, yeah, look out for your pocket. That'll be your best interest because that's who's going to have to pay for this. Us. All right, y'all. We're going to take our first quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk some sports. We're going to talk a little bit about some basketball. We got one little trade to talk about uh, for the Rockets. And then we're going to uh, dissect the first game of the NFL season. All right, y'all. So we'll be right back. All right, my people. Let's get right into it. So we got some, we got some sports news here. Uh, we're going to start with the NBA. This isn't major news, but still some news nonetheless coming out of Houston. Now, they recently traded uh, their power forward, Ryan Anderson, and his massive contract to Phoenix for point guard Brandon Knight and another power forward, uh, Marquise Chris. Now, I thought this was a pretty solid trade. 
uh, they get some more depth along the guard position. Uh, somebody to back up Chris Paul. Brandon Knight isn't too bad. Uh, he averages 15 points, four assists, so not too bad. And as far as Chris goes, uh, definitely um, he has potential. Uh, he he was a part of the rookie team in 2016. He averages about 8.5 points a game and also about five rebounds. I think this is all pretty much an upgrade because. A, Ryan Anderson contract is massive. I want to say it was somewhere in the $50 million range. I could be off, but uh, it was way out of out of um, the realm for somebody of his caliber. And uh, Houston was playing top dollar for somebody who really wasn't producing. I think he averaged less than five points last season. Was not was a non-factor in the playoffs. Didn't even really play at all. So it was good to get that off the books for them, and they're able to make some move pop, moves possibly during the season, or maybe still during the off season. We still have some time left, but it definitely opens up their checkbook a little bit more. So I think that's a good look for them. Now off to the NFL, and as we all know, the first game of the year was uh, was held last night, and the Eagles. Uh, they got a they got a pretty decent win against the Falcons, eighteen to twelve. Now it was a defensive game in my opinion, uh, but the Eagles were able to make a few plays, you know, just you know, to you know to have the factor swing in their favor. Uh, they went back and forth, like I said, both defenses pl- came to play. They tackled really well. But let's go to the stat. Let's go to the stats real quick. Now we're starting with Philly here. Nick Foles had a had a not so great game. Uh, he went 19 for 34, no touchdowns, one interceptions. Uh, they really got help from their running game. Jay Ajayi, uh, more notably, uh, he had 15 carries, 62 yards for two touchdowns. And in receiving, their biggest receiver was uh, Zach Ertz, five catches, 48 yards. Uh, defensively, they did, a, you know, like I said, this was a defensive game, and that's pretty much, you know, that was their stall. You know, that's what got them through. Uh, Jalen Mills, their cornerback, led the way with six. Cornerback uh, led the way with six tackles, and Jordan Hicks, uh, their linebacker, he got five tackles and one and a half sacks. So pretty good game amongst them, amongst their defensive, uh, in uh, their defensive side of the ball. They got about three sacks that game, and like I said, they got the. I think they got one person. They were to get it. They were able to get an interception as well. Uh, now going into Atlanta again, uh, they looked. You know, they made some plays. Both teams made plays. Uh, more teams, you know, both you know, both teams made plays offensively. But it looked really looked like both, you know, teams defensively definitely came to play. Uh, as far as passing for Atlanta goes, Matt Ryan, uh, he went uh, 21 of 43, zero touchdowns as well, and one interception too. Uh, rushing, uh, we have Devontae Freeman. He was he was shut down pretty good too. Uh, their leading rusher, he was held to six carries, 36 yards. And Tevin, uh, Tevin Coleman, although he only had 19 yards, he was able to get a touchdown. So you have that there. Now, in terms of receiving, Julio Jones led the way. He had 10 catches, 169 yards. So we know he's ready to play. You know, he might have been mad about his contract, but it looks like he at least wants to play. Uh, unlike Le'Veon Bell, uh, which I will get into soon. Um, and also, in terms of defense, they didn't do that bad either. Uh, Desmond Trufant, their cornerback, uh, led the way with six tackles. And Deion Jones, uh, their linebacker, he had uh, nine, uh, sorry, four solo tackles. Uh, he also was in about nine defensive plays. He was around uh, the entire nine on the defensive end. He also got an interception as well. So um, looking at it, it looks like both defenses can play. Uh, 
quarterback play, I would have to question, definitely question the Eagles. Uh, Carson Wentz is going to be out for a foreseeable time. And it looks like Nick Bowles is kind of regressing. I can see why he might not have wanted that big contract somewhere else. Uh, maybe he's not, maybe he isn't. Uh, a guy that could lead a team. I don't know. Uh, but he definitely looked to struggle this game. Matt Ryan didn't look particularly special as well. And Atlanta's running game did not show up at all. Uh, in terms of the Eagles, their running game didn't really have, you know, a great amount of yards. But again, they were able to get the job done. They got two scores on their end. And uh, it was enough to, to win the game uh, by six points. So Every little bit matters, and it looks like the Eagles, you know, they might not be uh, as dominant as they were next year. They might take a couple more losses than what they're used to, than what they did last year, but they still look like they're ready to play, and that def- and that defense looks really, really legit. All right, y'all, so we're going to take one last break, and uh, we're going to go through some MLB. We're going to talk about last night's scores, and then we're just going to check in on the divisional races, playoffs are coming up, and then we're going to talk about the wild card race, too. All right, y'all. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. So we are back. We're going to wrap this up for today. We're going to talk about last night's baseball scores. We're going to also go over the uh, the playoff race as well. We're going to talk about the divisional leaders and also what's going on with these wild card races, too. Now, of course, there's some games going on later on today, and uh, we'll talk about those in our next show. Of course, this, these races, these playoff races are not going to wrap up until the last day of the season for some of these divisions. Some of them, they're already pretty much set in stone. So uh, without further further ado, let's just get right into it. All right, so the uh, Padres beat the Reds last night 6-2. The Cubs beat the Nationals 6-4. The Indians beat the Blue Jays 9-4. And the Braves beat the Diamondbacks 7-6. Now let's get into these divisional standings. Like I said, some of these are pretty much, you know, a foregone conclusion. We already have the winner. Uh, that's why I'm going to only have the top two or three teams, you know, for each division. And uh, same thing for the wild card as well. So let's get right into the AL East. Uh, Boston and New York are on top. Uh, the Boston, uh, the Red Sox are sitting at 97 and 44, 73 in the last 10. Uh, New York is ten, uh, basically ten games back. They're nine, nine and a half. They're sitting at eighty-seven and fifty-three. But you know, at this point in the season, Boston has it seven and three. They've been, you know, having a pretty good pace. And like I said, the, the last ten games stat I think is very important. Uh, they've gone seven and three. Like I said, Boston has in their last ten. New York has gone six and four. And like I said, I think the last ten is a good trajectory. Good trajectory to see how your team possibly will do based on how they've been doing uh, a lot of chance a lot of times when you see uh their last 10 if you look at them week by week a lot of these teams week by week and you start seeing the last 10 is set, uh, 73 6 and 4 more than likely they're, they're gonna have a running record uh likewise if they're if they're only going five and five four and six maybe even three and seven a lot then you know it will you know it will reflect in their in their overall uh record but both these teams are doing pretty well in their last 10 uh However, like I said, Boston is just 10 games up. It's it's a wrap. They pretty much, like I said, they need to just be given a magic number just to win the, the division, and it's a wrap for them. Uh, in terms of the Central, uh, we just have the Indians. They're pretty much a, a you know a, a no-brainer. They're 86 and 60, six and four in the last 10. Nobody's near them. I think maybe uh, the Twins are at like 68 wins, but you know 
nowhere near them sniffing these guys. And uh, let's go to the West. And the Astros still have a three and a half game lead upon my A's. They're at 87 and 53, 7 and 3 in the last 10. The A's are at 84 and 57, 5 and 5 in their last 10. And they have been slipping the last couple of weeks. But they were able to get uh, the defining game win against the uh, Yankees in that series that they had, the three game series that they just wrapped up. So I like that. Um, you know, again, that's a good, that's going to be pretty much the wild card matchup for the AL. So I definitely liked us winning that. But again, like I said, we're three and a half games back in our division. So we're definitely going to uh, look to hold on to that wild card spot. Now, in terms of the NL, the National League, uh, let's start with the East. And the Braves are on top. They're at 77 and 63, 4 and 6 in the last 10. They've also kind of struggled, but they've been able to maintain just because the Nationals and the Phillies just been haven't been able to turn the corner either. Uh, the, the Phillies are at two, uh, 2. They're 73 and 66. They're three and a half games back. Uh, just looking at it, though, they're both 4 and 6. I just think that the Braves eke it out. Um, they just have enough. They just have enough just to get it done. And moving on to the Central Division. We have three teams in the mix. Uh, we got the Cubs. They're at the top for right now. They're at 83 and 57. They're 6 and 4 in their last 10. The Brewers are still sniffing, trying to get their first playoff spot in, like I said, 11 years. They're at 79 and 62, four and a half games back, 7 and 3 in their last 10. Now, although they are not the number one team in the division, they definitely have a wild card spot, and they're going to be sharing that spot. Well, uh, they're pretty much if the season were to end today, the wild card playoff would be, be between them and a the divisional rival, the Cardinals, who are sitting about one game, about a half, actually a half game behind them. They're at 78 and 62. They are six and four in their last 10. So, you know, I don't think either one of these teams catch up to the Cubs. But with that being said, I'm pretty much I'm, I'm almost sure that these teams face off with each other for the wild card. But let's move on to the NL West. And as of today, it could definitely change tonight and over subsequent days. But as of right now, the Rockies are on top, 77 to 62. They are 6 and 4 in their last 10. Now, the Dodgers, they're in second. They're at 76 and 64, one and a half games back. They've gone 7 and 3 in their last 10. And they've been pretty much trading the number one spot back and forth for the past couple of days, actually, for about a, a good week. So it's interesting to see Manny Machado hasn't necessarily put in the Dodgers over the hump. And to me, that's a little bit concerning only because if they don't win their division, I don't think they can get past the cards. I don't I mean, I think the cards and the Brewers pretty much have the wild card on lock as of today. Of course, things could change, but I'm not 100 percent about their playoff chance if they're not able to win this division now. Also at third place, we got the Diamondbacks. We got we they're at 75 and 65. They're two and a half games back. Now they've been struggling the past couple of weeks. They've gone three and seven in the last ten. And pretty much you I've seen that a couple times in the last couple of weeks. So they've been haven't been able to stay consistent, although they're definitely in the mix, only because the Dodgers and the Rockies haven't really stayed consistent as well. And it sucks because um you know, maybe maybe this division is one of the best in baseball. And we're not seeing it, 
but they're looking like it's looking like they might just eat each other alive and there's only going to be one person making it out of there. Now, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, the Dodgers or the Rockies yet, but like I said, if the season were to end today, uh, the Brewers and the Cards would basically be fighting for that wild card in the NL and the Dodgers will be on the outside looking in again. So uh, with that being said, uh, with about a few more games left, you know, you don't know what could happen. I don't want to make a uh, make a pick right now as far as any division goes, although I'm pretty certain Boston has theirs. We're going to leave that at that and the Indians uh, in terms of, you know, the West. I still want to hold out and say it goes either way. I do like the A's ability. Uh, they can get hot at any point. So I'm not, you know, I don't want to just call that just yet. And uh, going to the NL. Uh, starting with the East, I, like I said, I definitely got the the Braves winning that. I just don't think the, the Phillies can stay consistent enough to get the three games, the three and a half games that they need to win it out. And in terms of the Central, that's going to be murky. Uh, I definitely, I do see the Cubs as a winner, uh, but, you know, it could be, it could get close. Uh, the, the Brewers are trying to get hot as well as the Cars, cars trying to stay consistent. So uh, I definitely think even if the Cubs do uh, you know, end up winning that division. The Brewers and the Cars definitely have a solid shot by making a wild card. So we can go from there. And the West is just too, you know, for both the AL and the NL are just too, uh, just too hard for me to call right now. But moving on to the wild card, like I said, if the season were to end today, it'll be the Yankees and the A's. Uh, you know, Mariners, they were, they were in the mix for a while for a good moment, but around the end of July, starting in the mid August, they pretty much fell apart. Um, I'm looking at it today. Like if the season were to end today, definitely, uh, the Yankees and the A's will be playing each other. And I liked watching that series we had with them, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, we were able to win that, uh, that series and we're, you know, we're, we're definitely closing in on them, uh, as well. So, um, even with that wild card, even if we do make a wild card matchup, I like our chances against the Yankees, believe it or not. So I'm actually kind of positive. Now, in terms of this NL wild card, um, as of right now, I can't give you a complete uh, preview right now. I'm still learning these teams a little bit as the season goes on. Uh, Milwaukee and St. Louis definitely have good pitching staffs for one. And I know for a fact Milwaukee can hit as well, too. So they're looking at, I mean, these are two teams that, you know, if the Cubs were to just fall off, you know, at any point, they would be able to take their place. Uh, definitely, it might not happen this year, but in subsequent years, I would say look out for them, uh, definitely. But uh, as of today, as the season ends now, it'll be a Milwaukee and St. Louis one-game playoff. And uh, just because I, I like Milwaukee, I like the story, I think they've been trying so hard. I would have to give them, you know, until I do some more, you know, some more rate research and everything. I want to give them benefit of the doubt. So if I were to give them a wild card one game series against St. Louis, I have to go with Milwaukee. Yeah, I definitely like them as of right now. But, of course, uh, this is not set in stone. We have some games coming on tonight and in subsequent days. You know, the season's not over yet. So this is not over. We're going to be previewing the playoffs uh, pretty soon. As a matter of fact, we should probably start doing that within the next episode. So look out for that as well, y'all. All right. So for now, we're going to wrap it up, y'all. Uh, this has been a long week. I've been going through a whole lot. I'll do my best to get out uh, to get another episode out. If not tomorrow, then Sunday for you guys. Be over college football wrap up. And uh, yeah, I'll 
you know what? Like I said, a playoff preview and uh, some NFL stuff as well. So y'all look out for that. Uh, usually the, the weekend, I try to, you know, stay away from the news so much and all the serious stuff on the weekend because A, there's not a whole lot going on and B, I just like to have fun on the weekends just as in life. So uh, probably, you know, we'll look out for either a TV or a movie review as well. Look out for uh, one of those as well. So uh, we're going to wrap it up for today, y'all. Again, thank you guys for listening to me. Thank you guys for taking the time out of your life to even give me the time of day. I've been going through a whole lot, like I've been saying, and it's just good to have some type of support. Uh, definitely was some something that I've been uh, very serious about for a good portion of my life. And I'm just now uh, finally deciding to pursue. So thank you guys. I appreciate uh, just you guys listening. Any feedback, I appreciate it all. So thank you once again for stopping by Never Out of Balance. This is your man, El Jamal. For now, we are signing off. Peace out.